Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Hello again, everyone. I'm Paul Stone. Uh, This is episode 134 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. As I record, it's shortly after 10 a.m. Central on Thursday, December 21st. Uh, Just four days shy of Christmas, and uh, almost amazingly, another year has almost come and gone. So this week's podcast titled, Winding Down. I hope uh, each of you uh, is able to spend at least some of the holiday with family, uh, friends, or other loved ones. If you're traveling or vacationing, uh, please be safe. And as always, I do sincerely thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sportscast, whether you're a long-time listener, a first-time listener, or somewhere in between. Uh, During this episode, as I often do, I'm just going to make a few observations, give some opinions, and provide a uh, complimentary selection in one of this weekend's bowl games. So without uh, further ado, let's get after it and um, talk a little college football. You know, as a former sports writer in football-rich Texas, I have covered my share of uh, college football signing days through the years. You know, obviously, it's different now than in years past. Uh, Actually, prior to uh, 2017, high school footballers traditionally signed their national letters of intent uh, the second Wednesday in February more than a month after the uh, national championship game had been played. Uh, Beginning in 2017, however, the sport instituted a 72-hour early signing period in December, allowing college coaches to sign high school players uh, prior to the end of the calendar year. We are in that uh, 72-hour window as I speak uh, again today being Thursday the 21st, uh, that early signing window began yesterday, Wednesday, December 20th, and will continue through tomorrow, which is Friday, December 22nd. So that uh, early signing period uh, underway as we speak. The traditional signing day in February remains, but it has become certainly less significant uh, since the vast majority of top recruits sign during the early period. Uh, The early December signing period for uh, college footballers currently overlaps with one of the transfer portal's entry windows, in addition to overlapping with the time frame uh, when around 80 or so FBS schools have either just completed or are preparing for bowl games. You know, suffice it to say, the early signing period has not received 
universal acclaim, uh, but that's a discussion for another day. My point today is that National Signing Day for top high schoolers, while still important, is not as important in today's college football as a team's net performance in the transfer portal from a handicapping perspective in regards to the upcoming season. So if you're a handicapper and you're preparing for the 2024 season, next season, what I'm saying is these players signing these next three days, these mostly high schoolers, some junior college players, not nearly as important the impact that they'll have on the 2024 season as the impact that a team's net performance will have in the portal. What I mean by a team's net performance uh, in the portal, and it's probably fairly obvious to most of you, is how did each school fare overall in the portal? Not just the new players coming aboard, but the former contributors jumping ship to a new program. You know, why the portal is so important in today's college football, again, this is probably obvious, but many of these players are older um, and more experienced and already proven at the collegiate level. You know, many portal additions will make instant, significant impacts at their new school. High school recruits, on the other hand, either even five stars and high four stars, they need time to develop and acclimate to their new surroundings. And also, time to acclimate to a stronger and faster game. And frankly, you know, many high school recruits, even the top ones, will not make the uh, transition to the college game. Their impact over the course of their career will not match their advanced press clippings. And, you know, it's important as well to uh, not forget that some of this week's signings and, and some big signings they won't even be with the same school two years from now with a transfer portal that seems like it's always open for business. Some of them won't even be with the same program one year from today. So in a world where us handicappers only have a finite period of time to handicap, I would recommend not utilizing a great deal of your 2024 preparation on traditional signings of high school recruits, but rather utilize a greater portion of your off-season handicapping efforts on recording each team's comings and goings in the transfer portal. You can't do every one. That would be overwhelming. That would not be a good utilization of your time. So don't record every Tom, Dick, and Harry, but rather, you know, players whose newly discovered presence at their new school will likely add to that team's overall strength. Or, conversely, their disappointing departure will subtract from that team's overall strength. You know, teams in today's college football, and we're seeing it more and more, Schools can really fortify and build their rosters 
through the transfer portal with the right additions. You know, Florida State is a uh, case in point over the last couple of seasons. Uh, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, uh, he's hitting the portal hard these days down in Oxford as well. And Ole Miss, you know, might be a team to watch in the the 2024 season. They might take a uh, a step forward. Uh, you know, there's still a long way to go, but uh, will be interesting to see what uh, Coach Kiffin does there in uh, in Oxford because he's really working that portal hard, as I said. Now for a quick plug for my uh, service, uh, Paul Stone Sports. Since uh, 2021, I've hit 56% of my bowl game selections as monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. If you go to my website today, paulstonesports.org, you will see on that homepage the remainder of my bowl season selections through the uh, national championship game advertised for just $119, again, from today all the way through the national championship game. However, when you go to uh, to sign up, you will see there a uh, field for a promo code. And then when you enter this promo code, that promo code being BOWLS, you will see special pricing for my bowl pra- uh, package that's even less than the 119. So again, that promo code being BOWLS, B-O-W-L-S. This link's going to remain active through uh, this Saturday, December 23rd. So, um, you know, hopefully you'll give that a consideration. Again, just a little, going to see how this works out and see if some people uh, respond to this offer. I think it's a really good offer. And uh, thinking out loud, I've got a release uh, this Friday in the bowl game, this Friday, December 22nd, which is tomorrow as I record. And then I have at least two more releases this Saturday, the 23rd. Uh, So hope you'll consider joining us today. Again, go to paulstonesports.org. Look at the College Football Bowl special. Go to the promo code field and enter bowls, all caps. B-O-W-L-S. All righty, I frequently on this uh, podcast talk about the importance of getting the best of the number more often than not. I think that's critically uh, important. I use the phrase as well, uh, more often than not. Not always, because no one does that. It would be great to do it always. And some people claim that they always have the best of the number, uh, but mm, we'll use our judgment on that. So uh, more often than not, uh, not always, but rather a high percentage of the time. I'll acknowledge this can be really tricky in today's college football bowl season with all the uncertainty surrounding uh, the participation or non-participation of key players, especially at the critical quarterback position uh, where the drop-off from the starter to the next best available option. I'm not even going to use the word backup because the backup, he's probably already in the portal. He's probably already seeking uh, greener pastures. So the drop-off from the quarterback to whomever is next in line and available 
can be significant, uh, quite uh, precipitous, if you will. And sometimes, unfortunately for us as handicappers, that information becomes known only two days before the game. Maybe sometimes only known two or three hours before the game. And in others, you know, it's not uh, going to be known until perhaps moments before the game actually kicks off. I'll say this, if you bet the bowl games uh, and bet at least some of them, say, a little bit early, at least a week before game day, chances are you're going to, one, hopefully have some tickets with really attractive closing line value, and on the other hand, others, perhaps not so much. You'll have the worst of it. You know, frankly, to be blunt, there's some luck involved, bad or good. No matter how much research you do, no matter how hard you work, there's some luck involved. Always in handicapping, but I think even more so in college football during the bowl season than the regular season. And again, hopefully more of those moves will go your way than go against you. You know, but still, I'm, I'm going to say this. This is, and this is my main uh, point that I'm making here. Whether there's more volatility in the marketplace, whether there's luck or good fortune involved, it's always best to use your skills and judgment to get the best of the number. You know, I'm going to go to a case in point now, and this is going to be a personal experience in this week's Frisco Bowl, which was played Tuesday, December 19th between Texas, San Antonio, and Marshall. I played the under uh, 54 and a half about a week before the game, uh, feeling confident that Marshall quarterback Cam Fancher, uh, who had entered the portal, would not play, uh, and he indeed did not. And then also concurrently that there was at least some possibility that seventh year UTSA starting quarterback Frank Harris would not play. Um, as you know, fate would have it, it was the news rather started probably breaking several hours before kickoff uh, on Tuesday that Harris, uh, who's battled some injuries throughout his career, indeed would not play in the game meaning that likely seasoned redshirt freshman Owen McCowan would likely get the start under center for the Roadrunners. Uh, prior to the news of uh, Harris's absence, the total had, had mostly settled at 52, so I already had the best of the number compared to what I bet it at 54.5 about a, a week before. The line had settled at 52, but then upon the news that Harris would not play, on Tuesday, it quickly dropped to 47. By my betting standards, folks, I had a fairly significant betting position on the under 54 and a half. One of my bigger, probably my second biggest bowl bet of the bowl season to this point. And now I've got a seven and a half point range between the original ticket I had at 54 and a half and the new total of 47. So with that seven and a half point range in a key range for a total final score to fall, I then played over 47 for approximately 30% of my original position. Uh, without hitting all the play-by-play -play 
Texas-San Antonio led 21-17 at the half. The game appeared, uh, you know, headed towards an over. My under uh, 54 and a half ticket uh, did not look uh, all that uh, bright at that point. But the scoring stalled. Texas-San Antonio ultimately wins the game 35-17, to giving me winners on both tickets. I am a process-oriented handicapper. I'm not a results-oriented handicapper. So in retrospect, this wasn't, regardless of two winners and a real good payday, this wasn't a particularly good handicap on my part. Frankly, I got to be honest with myself, I got lucky. There's no question about it. I got lucky. I got fortunate. But it was not luck that I had the best of the number. Getting the under 54 and a half, and then, upon learning of Harris's absence, leveraging that position to play a portion of my original position on over 47, that was not luck. You know, that worked out well. You know, I communicated my position, you know, when I, I bet the game about a week prior, I communicated my position on the under 54 and a half to an individual. And uh, for whatever reason, you know, I know sometimes when I'm talking to people, they, they may or may not, you know, um, tell me or get on my, uh, you know, get the same bet. But for whatever reason, or reasons, this person uh, waited to bet the total under about a, you know, several days later, and that's when the total had dropped to 52. So the game falls on a total of 52. He ends up pushing his bet while I end up, on the other hand, winning both of my bets, you know, again, for a fairly significant hit, and did this again despite pretty much whiffing on my handicap of the game. Folks, this is the difference between winning long-term and losing long-term, in my opinion. You have to get the best of the number more often than not. I hear novice bettors, what I consider to be novice bettors, all the time downgrading or downplaying the importance of closing line value. My hope for them, and I say this somewhat in jest, somewhat jokingly, but my hope for them is that they are the beneficiary of a bottomless trust fund and their long-term uh, betting results don't impact uh, their overall quality of life. I'm going to say this, and this is very important, closing line value certainly does not always matter because I know people like to to point to individual games. They like to bring up this game and that game. The difference between 50% and 52.5% is negligible, but one will get you in the poorhouse, the other will get you in the penthouse. So it's an accumulation of small advantages that separate the long-term winner from the long-term loser. So again, closing line value certainly doesn't always matter. You know, more times than not, it doesn't come into play. But I believe the following opinion, this personal opinion of mine, rings as true today as yesterday. And that is this. Having closing line value on your side 
more often than not, doesn't ensure that you'll be a long-term winner at the betting window. But without it, you'll have little or no chance of being among the small percentage of persons who are truly long-term winners. I'm going to go now to my complimentary selection this week. It's going to be in a bowl game played this Saturday, December 23rd, the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Texas, about 135, 140 miles from where I live in East Texas. And this is a game pitting James Madison against Air Force. James Madison currently a one-point favorite over the Falcons at most stores. And uh, first of all, looking at James Madison, its second season uh, as an FBS member was indeed a wild ride. They start the season with 10 straight victories. They climb, I believe, as high as number 17 in the uh, major polls. ESPN's College Game Day makes a trip to Harrisonburg. But on that day, the day actually of the game day visit, uh, JMU's magical season comes to a halt as Appalachian State uh, defeats the Dukes 26-23 in overtime, a uh, magical ride nonetheless. But a lot has uh, transpired, to say the least, for James Madison uh, since game day uh, came out to, to Harrisonburg. First of all, their head coach, Kurt Signetti, he left Harrisonburg to take the Indiana head coaching job. He also took most of the Dukes coaching staff with him to Bloomington. Uh, In fact, James Madison has had to hire five, what they're calling, temporary coaches to get through the bowl game. You know, predictably uh, numerous with a coaching change, as is almost always the uh, case with coaching changes. Numerous JMU players are in the portal. Reports indicate that most plan to play in the bowl game, uh, but we'll see if that comes to fruition. Sometimes that's kind of smoke and mirrors. I don't think all are going to play. In fact, I think uh, we'll see quite a few of those people perhaps absent from the uh, field there at Eamon Carter Stadium this Saturday. Looking uh, at the other sideline, the Dukes Bowl opponent, Air Force, uh, they started the season 8-0. Uh, they were really uh, – having kind of a magical run themselves. But the Falcons lost their final four games of the regular season to finish 8-4, and four, uh, missing out at a chance to uh, win the Mountain West Conference. However, during that four-game uh, losing streak, important to note that their speedy senior quarterback, Zach Larrier, uh, he missed three of those games, the last three of those games. He is practicing this week. Uh, He is expected to play, as are uh, several other Falcons, especially on offense, who have missed some time late in the year. So they're going to be closer to full strength. It is never uh, ideal for any defense to be defending uh, Air Force's unique option offense, especially if they don't see it very often. But certainly that task is even more daunting when you've got five temporary coaches on your staff to get your program through the bowl game. Air Force, they've won four straight bowl games. They love playing in the state of Texas, have a lot of players from the state of Texas. I'll take a unit. I'm going to recommend maybe that you split it 50-50. Bet half of that unit on Air Force plus one 
Got the other half on the money line. Hopefully, you'll get plus 105 on Air Force. So I'm recommending a split wager, half on Air Force plus one, and half on the money line, Air Force plus 105. Well, I, that's going to do it for another edition of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Again, I appreciate so much you listening, spending a little bit of your week with me, uh, listening to the podcast as we approach Christmas. Be safe, be careful, enjoy those bowl games. May all the results go your way. Signing off once again, this is Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions.